We acknowledge the Aboriginal people of Victoria, the First Nations, and offer respects to Elders, both past and present. Welcome to a new podcast series for carers by Kinship Carers Victoria. Today's program, the first in a series of 12 to be produced and published online over the next year, features an interview with Anne McLeish, Director of Kinship Carers Victoria, or KCV. Anne talks about the aims of the podcast series, plus the mission and scope of activities of KCV, and she touches briefly on the range of issues facing both carers and the children in their care, which will be addressed throughout this series. Anne, what was your motivation for starting Grandparents Victoria and, subsequently, Kinship Carers Victoria? The motivation was a very positive one. When faced with the news that I was to become a grandmother for the first time, I paused to reflect on what that means because I was um, still working full time and this was my first um, grandchild, as I said. Also, um, this grandchild was to be shared with a woman called Helen Brown and we had a glass of wine together to celebrate. I said to Helen that I came from a long history of working in the community sector and that when I left the community sector, there was a conversation about how to get grandparents involved as public advocates for families and that public education in particular needed more advocates, including grandparents. And so I thought what we need to do is set up a statewide grandparents movement to act as advocates for public sector education, public sector transport and public sector health. So I rang Joan Kerner. Joan picked up her phone and um, I told her that I was thinking about starting a statewide grandparents organisation and she said, well, it's about time and I can't talk to you now, I'm at the hairdresser. And that was the end of that conversation. Once we did form the organisation, it was Joan Kerner and a federal Liberal Party politician called Bruce Bilson who were amongst the first two people to join. What were the issues carers, grandparents and children faced at the time that you formed Grandparents Victoria? We thought that we were going to form an organisation that was going to celebrate the positive role that, that grandparents played in the lives of their families and we were particularly keen to correct the misconception about grandparents as older people in the community. We didn't want it to be um, a role that was associated with age, but merely associated with a role that people played in their families. After we made those initial decisions, we then decided that we'd better go and speak to grandparents. So we held kitchen conferences and barbecues amongst our friends. And it was at that stage that we found out that the role of a grandparent had quite serious pressure points in the 21st century not the least of which was the numbers of grandparents that seemed to be raising their children, their grandchildren full-time because the parents were incapable of raising them. So that was shock number one. Shock number two was the numbers of grandparents who reported being denied access to their grandchildren as a result of family breakdown. We followed those kitchen conferences up in 2004 with a very small survey of grandparents which we sent to samples of grandparents around Australia and we found that those kitchen conference findings were confirmed and at that point we decided that support of grandparents raising their grandchildren would be our primary focus of work 
with our second focus of work being supporting grandparents who were denied access to their grandchildren and that we would then embroider the other more positive aspects of our work around those two priority areas. And that's the way that our work program continues to be styled to this day. What are the roles grandparents are playing now as carers in the 21st century? Well, the easy answer is that they're very important roles and they're very varied. In that 2004 survey, we discovered that there was a continuum that described the roles grandparents play. Some grandparents played no role through denial of access. At the other end of the continuum, we had those grandparents who were raising their grandchildren so that they were, in fact, parenting again. Their lives, we discovered, were very hard because they were invariably doing so with insufficient support. But at least they knew that their grandchildren were safe and well and that gave them a great deal of consolation and inspired them to keep doing their important work. I might add that I think those people are the unsung heroes of this nation. And I keep reminding them that they're not just um, raising their own grandchildren, but they are raising the nation's children and our wealth, our future wealth. In the middle of that continuum, we discovered that an increasing number of grandparents were being called on to provide childcare while the parents worked. And that was in most cases because childcare was unavailable or too expensive. It's interesting to note that um, according to the Productivity Commission as of about six years ago, the proportion of childcare while parents work that is provided by grandparents was nearly 40%, which is amongst the highest in the world. So those three roles um, are really very significant. And to this day, I will never forget the one woman that I personally interviewed over the phone and she asked if she could delay her interview because her grandson had been hit by a bus and killed the day before. Now, the significance of that is that this woman had a disabled child of her own living with her, who was an adult. She was raising some grandchildren because others of her children were, um, it was a daughter, I think, was on drugs. She was denied access to yet others of her grandchildren and she was providing um, social-related childcare at the same time. She also explained on the day that she asked to postpone the interview that um, about a month before that she had had enough and she went to walk out of the house, picked up the car keys and was just going to drive off. And, uh, but the car wouldn't start. <laughs> and she, she had the grace to laugh about that and she said, I don't think I'd gone, I would have gone very far, but you never do know. Mm. In summary, when you consider the child-minding role that grandparents play, alongside the fact that so many of them are raising their grandchildren full-time, then I'd say that in the 21st century, grandparents are playing a very substantive role as parents. They are parenting again. Grandparents Victoria established Kinship Carers Victoria in 2010. 
in response to the growing number of other family members becoming carers. One of the trends in Australia is that um, younger people, aunts and cousins, are also becoming kinship carers. And in fact, we're now starting to document the numbers of siblings who are providing kinship carers to their sisters and brothers. However, it is true that the majority of kinship carers are still grandparents. That's not only true in Victoria, but is also true nationwide and, in fact, around the world. Kinship Carers Victoria was funded by the Department of Health and Human Services here in Victoria to set up a statewide network of kinship carers. So we work very hard to make kinship carers realise that they are not alone, that they are a part of an important trend. We work very hard to affirm their work and make them realise that um, their work is really quite significant amongst the community. I'm very proud of the fact that um, I think it was due to our work that we've raised the profile of kinship care and certainly the awareness of the wider community. We're also set up as an advocacy agency. The government is really quite um, brave, if I might say that, in setting us up to advocate on behalf of kinship carers. That means that on occasions um, we're at slight odds with the government about new trends or things that have happened. So far that advocacy has been able to be exercised very positively and we enjoy an excellent relationship with the Department of Health and Human Services. So our first challenge was to establish a statewide network of kinship carers that had them communicating with each other and with us and more importantly, that it enabled us to use that network to affirm them in their role, to share with them the information that they needed to perform their role better and to increase their confidence. The other role that we were funded to play by the state government was as advocates for kinship care. That means that we represent the views of kinship carers to a wide range of decision makers including the department, of course, but not exclusively department. In recent years, we've crafted very good relationships with the Auditor-General in Victoria, with the Ombudsman and with the Children's Commissioner, for example. How important is the well-being of kinship carers? We focus on the well-being of kinship carers because we understand the connection between the well-being of the carer and the stability of the placement and the well-being of the child. We have started a longitudinal study of kinship carers. That means that we're tracking 113 kinship care families and monitoring what happens to them over a long period of time. And we've found that in all cases where the children have done well, the kinship carers have spent some time looking after themselves. What evidence is there that kinship care works for children? Just a few months ago, the board asked the staff of KCV to track each and every one of those 196 children. The question that we wanted answered was, where are those children and what are they doing? We found that all of those children, bar three, were doing exactly what they were meant to be doing for the stage of development that they were at. So if they were primary school age children, they were at a primary school. If they were secondary age children, they were at secondary age, um, school, and so on and so forth. The story of one young lad sticks in my mind. 
When he came to live with his um, grandmother, he was about three years old and had suffered considerable trauma. So he was wetting and soiling the bed. It took quite a long time. In fact, I think it was a couple of years before the grandmother could stabilise him and deal with the trauma. That young lad went to university. And I don't know what more evidence you need than that to demonstrate the sorts of miracles that kinship carers are capable of. Look out for the next podcast in this series to be posted on the KCV website on the last Friday in May. Topics for discussion in podcast number two will include carer wellbeing and carer access to resources such as the recently published Victorian Manual for Kinship Carers as well as the Kinship Carer Wellbeing magazine. This podcast series is made possible through funding provided by the Victorian Government's Department of Health and Human Services.